Hey guys, Kyle back with Kyle Burrell's Unedited Podcast, episode number 102. Um, today we'll get into, to start off, we'll get into my Jake Paul, Nate Diaz reaction. Uh, then we're going to go with uh, my final 23-24 Premier League table predictions. Premier League starts this coming, this week, this coming weekend. So we're going to get into my final predictions there. <clears throat> and then a lot of NFL stuff. We're going to do running back tiers. Um, which again, this one, this one is not fantasy based. This is who I think, you know, where I fit guys on the tiers, uh, same as quarterback tiers. We'll do that. And we also do NFL team tiers next week. I'll do, uh, receivers and tight ends on the pod. And then to finish it off though, we're going to do the Goodfellas uh, podcast, fantasy football league mock draft. Um, we'll finish off with that. Um, but let's start with Jake Paul and, uh, Nate Diaz. Um, I, you know, I was entertained, you know, I, I it wasn't the cleanest, boxing <laughs> boxing match but uh it was good um it was entertaining you know uh Jake had Nate hurt a few times dropped him once had him hurt really bad in round 1 uh thought he was definitely going to get him out of there um early but Nate weathered the storm he fought well in my opinion you know Nate he he was marching forward just being Nate Diaz you know um I was rooting for Diaz as the fight was starting, and I was like, man, I really just would love to see Nate pull off the upset. And so I didn't really judge it as well as watching it live, but I did have to go back and watch it. Um, so the final scorecards were uh, 97-92 on one judge, which is uh, seven rounds to three with the knockdown. You lose a point, obviously. And the other two had it eight rounds to two with the knockdown. How did I score the fight? Um... I had it seven rounds to three. I didn't think that... I think eight rounds to two was unfair. It didn't really matter. I mean, at the end of the day, the right guy won. Uh, you, I could have gave Nate four, but I had it seven rounds to three. So the 97-92 card is how I would have scored it in favor of Jake. Um, he just landed... He landed more. He landed cleaner. Um, obviously, the drop was huge, and round one was huge for Jake. Um, I thought Nate made a good account of himself, though. You know, I thought that, you know, he... He did what he did the best he could, I think. Um, you know, again, not much power coming back Jake's Jake's way. It was never like I think he stunned him a little bit, like once. It was kind of you know a barrage, and he got he snuck a really good left in there. But Jake was never like in trouble in trouble. Um, but yeah, I thought Jake won the fight. It was fun. Um, you know, we can talk about we can talk about Jake for a second. You know, I thought uh, you know after the Woodley fight. And he knocked out Woodley, and he he took. And people can say what they want about Aaron Silva, but Aaron Silva, yeah, he was forty seven. But you also got to think he had three pro f- boxing matches since he left the UFC. He beat Chavez Junior in Mexico, where they tried to rob him on the scorecards, but he beat him too easily that they couldn't rob Anderson. Um, and he's had two other finishes, I believe. Um, so Anderson, you know, that was a massive step up in competition, and I'll still even say over Nate Diaz. Definitely his second his second uh, best opponent outside of Tommy Fury. Tommy Fury won. I'd say Anderson was two. Nate would definitely saw it at the three over Woodley and Askren, obviously. But uh, I thought that that fight with Anderson was the fight that I thought Jake took a real step up in his level. And then I don't know what it was. Uh, you know, I think maybe the nerves of the Tommy Fury fight. It was a big fight. You know, it was his first pro boxer. Um, I thought he held. I thought he did well. Um, he clearly lost the fight, but I thought he did well. Um, but I think he didn't. He didn't show what he showed in the Anderson fight. Where I thought he was just a lot better in the Anderson fight than he was on the night against Tommy. 
and even in the Nate Diaz fight, I, I think it, he's kind of stalled a little. I didn't think he looked like crazy good against Nate. Yeah, he landed some good shots. Don't get me wrong. He's, he, he's still good. But it, he didn't impress me, I would say. You know, I thought he fought well, but... And it's it's really, you know, I don't know. The the defense, I think, is a bit of an issue at times. He's taken some shots. Um, you know, but Tommy couldn't drop him. So Jake obviously has a chin. And Tommy's a big guy. And, you know, Jake dropped Tommy, but... I don't know. I think that Jake has not gotten better since the Anderson fight, in, in my assessment of his last two fights. I don't think he's gotten better since. And, you know, if he's going to fight Tommy Fury next, because, I mean, if Tom, I think Tommy Fury is going to beat KSI. If he fights Tommy Fury next, he's got to be better because Tommy was, Tommy was better in their first fight. He was just a better boxer. And if Jake doesn't improve, in my opinion, I don't think he can beat Tommy. Now, who knows? Even if KSI loses, he might fight KSI next and then Tommy Fury. That might be a thing that happens for sure. Um, but, man, uh, it, was, it, was a, it was a fun fight. Carb was kind of shitty, honestly. Um, but the fight, that fight was good. Um, power went out, though, in my house. We had to watch it on a laptop and a phone. It was, it was an utter shit show. Um, let me grab a drink real quick. Yep, it was an utter disaster. But uh, it was a fun fight to watch. It, you know, if you're into, uh, I'll tell you what, it wasn't a Bug Crawford performance, or it wasn't, it wasn't technical. Um, you know, but that's how Nate had to. I knew that's what Nate had to do, though. Nate had to make it dirty, or he wouldn't win, or he wouldn't even have a chance to win. If they were in just staying in range and boxing, Jake would have won. He's too fast. Um, Nate had to make it dirty, and he did, and that's what made it entertaining, though, as well. So yeah, that's what I made of the fight. I thought it was a fun fight. Um, but what's next for both? Again, you know, it's it's interesting because I, I truly, at the end of the day, don't and don't think they end up fighting each other in MMA. It's definitely a possibility, but we're gonna take that out. Let's say that they don't fight in MMA next. For Nate, you know, he said he would do another boxing, you know, match if there's if there's a correct opportunity. Um, I think there's a couple fights that wait him that await. <laughs> that await him in the UFC. Um, I think that the Connor trilogy is definitely going to happen at some point. Is it going to be now? You know, I don't know. I think Connor should still fight Chandler. They did the Ultimate Fighter show. That has to be the fight. I don't think you should be able to back out of that fight. Unless they make the fight happen and then Chandler, like, gets injured or something, okay, then it can be done. Whatever. That's I'm fine with that. But if they're healthy and they're non not injured, they should be fighting next, 100%. Uh, I mean... For Nate, I think a Dustin Poirier fight at 170 makes a lot of sense. I think Nate Stock, it doesn't go down. Nate Stock will never go down. Unless he gets, like, flatline KO'd at some point, his stock's never going down. Um, I think that's just a good fun fight to make. Headline a pay-per-view easily. Nate and Poirier? Or, I mean, even if it was on, hell, even if it was on the Conor Chandler card as a co-main event, you make it a five-rounder. But I don't think you need to do that. I think you can put that on its own event. And Nate and... Poirier could easily headline a pay-per-view. I mean, Poirier and Gaethje did it with the BMF title. I know they like titles to it. But let's be honest, you don't need a title to headline a pay-per-view. That's just the, the weird thing about what they've done with Endeavor and the UFC and, and ESPN and all them. They've made it to where, like, the championship fights have to be the headline event. Why does it have to headline? Um, it just doesn't need to. It just really does not need to headline at all. Um, so, you know... I, the biggest fight should headline Nate and Poirier. If let's just say, let's just say Nate and Poirier were on the same card with uh, like um, an 
a flyweight title fight or hell, even like a, honestly, even a light heavyweight title fight. I think that they should headline over them. They're the bigger names, they're the bigger stars. They carry the pay-per-view. Um, I think that's a fight that intrigues me. I don't really know what, what would... I can't even think of a boxing match for Nate, to be honest, right now. That's intriguing. Um, really can't. You know, maybe... Again, the Jake Paul MMA fight could happen. For Paul, I think he's going to assess. I think he wants the KSI fight. So I think maybe KSI, no matter what, is next. Win or lose versus Tommy Fury, I think that could be next. And then he gets Tommy Fury after. You know, if Tommy wins, I still think it makes sense. Tommy wins. He's beaten both Jake and KSI. Let Jake and KSI fight. And, you know, if KSI were to beat Jake, you probably Tommy doesn't do the rematch because I think Tommy sees this as an easy money grab, which in my opinion it is. It's an easy money grab and probably an easy fight. Um, but Jake and KSI have to fight, in my opinion. Um, but again, the Nate trilogy with Connor's there. So even if Nate takes time off and Connor fights Chandler or whatever even happens in that, you could do the trilogy after for sure. Um, but that's what I think should be next for both. So let's go into my uh, final 23-24 Premier League table predictions. All right, so... Um, hold on. So here we go. My relegation. Teams that I have being relegated. I have Sheffield United in 20th. I have Bournemouth in 19th. And I actually have Wolves in 18th going down. Um... I I just think Bournemouth bit off a little more they could chew last year. I think the second year syndrome. I think it, I think they go down this year, and I just think you know Sheffield's getting their best player, um, picked off of them by uh, Marseille. So you know I just think that they're gonna go. They're gonna be the worst team in the Prem. And then I think Wolves are just struggling. They're they're losing players and they're not spending any money. I think this is the year they go down. I think they have a really rough season. I think they have real trouble creating and scoring goals. Um, and that's just what I think. I actually am going for a reach. I have Luton Town staying up in 17th. Um, call me crazy. But I wanted to have one, at least one bold prediction in here. I think Wolves is a bit bold. I mean, I saw, I saw, I did see a podcast, a soccer podcast I watched. Somebody did have Wolves going down. But I don't think that's like a, I think that would, you know, you're in the, you know, you're kind of by yourself with that one. You know, not many people are probably picking Wolves to go down and Luton to stay up. And I'm going to go Luton stays up at 17th. 16, Everton. I think the prem from 13 to 20 is not that great this year. And I think Everton just scratches their way to stay up again. Nottingham Forest at 15th again. I just think that they have the, you know, they have the, uh, the quality to stay up. Not really do anything, but stay up and around, you know. I have West Ham at 14th, and again, if if I thought the Premier League, this bottom half was better, I'd probably have West Ham lower. They lost Declan Rice, um, and I think they're losing Skamaka as well, and they're not really spending any money. I know they're trying to go for Harry Maguire and uh, uh, McTominay for Man U, but I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, but I just don't think, I just think they'll be middle of the pack. But they, I think they're going to get lucky with the the bottom half of the Prem not being great. Uh, Fulham at 13th, obviously they're losing Mitrovic. I think they just, you know, 13th, I don't think they'll finish high they did last year, but I think they're they're still a good side. They'll stay up for sure. I got Burnley, uh, championship side, championship winner Burnley in 12th. I think that they have the quality to be better than a lot of the teams, you know, in this uh, 12 to 20 section, even teams that are already in, that have already stayed in, that are already in the Prem, you know. I think they're better. I think they have a better squad than Fulham, West Ham, Nottingham, Everton, and Wolves for sure. And I think they're obviously better than Luton and Sheffield. So I th- yeah, I think they have a really good season. I got Crystal Palace in eleventh again. They lose Zaha, but 
<coughs> oh, one second. They lose Zaha, but they still have quality in that squad. They'll get 11th. And I got Brentford at 10. I know they don't have Tony for the first half of the year, but I, I love their coach. Uh, I love. I just love how they play, and uh, I think that they're going to be able to hang on. And I think they might be around 13th or you know somewhere around there when Tony returns, and I think he's just going to come back. And he, he's, he's, a, he's a really good striker. He'll come back, start batting goals again. They'll, re, they'll rise up on the table. So that was 10 through 20. Ninth, I'm going Brighton. I think, again, they got a lot of their players. They got a lot of some decent amount of their good players picked off. We don't know about Caicedo. Is he going to go? What's going to happen there? He wants to go. Uh, is Chelsea going to, you know, Chelsea's still been in form. Are they going to get him? I really hope. I mean, Liverpool sold Fabinho and Henderson for $55 million combined. I would love for them to use that money and go after Caicedo. Um, I think Caicedo in the midfield with McAllister and uh, – uh, Dominique, I think, be special midfield there, but we'll see what happens with him. Eighth, I'm going Villa. I love their squad. I just, I think it is, it can be a factor when a team has to also, you know, they're not used to balancing European football. They also have to play in the Conference League. It's a different balance, you know. I know Brighton finished, you know, sixth and did it. Uh, tried to balance it. Or not, not Brighton. I mean, no, no, sorry, wrong. West Ham. Look at them last year. They won the conference league but finished, you know, low on the table. I think 15th or something like that. So, you know, it's tough to balance it. But I think they have the quality enough to definitely get inside the top 10. I'm going Tottenham at 7. I just don't understand what's going on with Harry Kane. They put him up for sale, but then they're declining all the bids. They wanted $100 million. They got offered $110. Didn't, they rejected it. I don't know what's going on there. I think they'll be solid. I mean, they're, you know, they're Tottenham. They're always, you know, it's always can be a tough, it's going to be a tough place to go play. Uh, but I just don't think, I don't think they're, you know, them as, their whole as a squad, I don't think is good enough. I got Newcastle in sixth. Again, I like Newcastle's squad a lot. But again, now they're going to be balancing Champions League football with playing in the Prem also. It's going to be different. Um, and that's why I have them just back a little in here at six instead of top four. I got Chelsea rising, what, they finished 12th last year. Pochettino will have them a lot better. I don't think it's I, – I mean, I have them in fifth, which is very good, but I don't think it's a resurgence to top four right away. I think it will take another year, another window to get his, the team he wants in. I think they've done a good job at clearing house and have, you know bringing guys in that he likes. They're going to be a good team, though. Like, uh, Liverpool plays, I'm pretty sure, at Chelsea and at Stanford Bridge uh, match day one. So I got United in fourth. Um, Again, I think uh, – I think that three and four, them and Liverpool is interchangeable. If you had United over Liverpool, I wouldn't complain. A little bit more bias here, me going Liverpool over them. I think Liverpool just they won't have the season they had last year. Obviously they didn't they didn't challenge for much, and so I think they'll be a lot fresher. I think they'll just be more motivated and ready to go after, you know, the year before playing in every game possible you could play in. Uh in the competitions. They played well, they won the FA Cup. Uh they won the care or the the Carabao Cup. They, you know, battled for the Premier League all the way down to the end, and they played in the Champions League final. And I think they were kind of worn down this last year. I think I expect them to hopefully some more signings, though. I would love Lavia to get in there, please, but we'll see what happens. And I think the two teams that are separated right now from the pack are Arsenal and City. I truly do. I think Arsenal Arsenal's depth is tremendous right now. And uh, I think Arsenal gets second, though, and I'm going to go City again. I know it's kind of boring, but I'm going to go City-Arsenal. I think those right now, though, they're the two clear uh, top two teams, in my opinion, in the Premier League. So we're going to get into running back tiers. 
Okay, so we got Elite on the brink. Great starters, good starters. Uh, show me something and eh. Like I don't. We're, we're gonna start here at the bottom with eh. You know, like I don't. I don't love these guys, and I think it's more of like you know, like Deontay Foreman is in this one. He's gonna be more running back by committee, same as Raheem Mostert. But then I have Brian Robinson. If I thought if. You know, I think more, most people are saying that Brian Robinson is going to be the starting running back. If I thought that it was going to be Gibson, I'd have Gibson and probably good starters, to be honest. I don't like – I'm not – I don't – I'm not going to lie. I think Brian Robinson's a fine player, but I don't think he's anything special at running back. I think he's – I think he's, you know, he's solid. He needs to be in a two-running back system like he is. Show me something. Um, so these are guys that I think, you know – Um. They need to prove to me they can be a starting running back in this league. James Cook didn't get a lot of touches last year. Uh, Rashad White's in here. Um, again, he was behind Leonard Fournette. Now it's his Now it's his team. I got Alexander Madison. Again, was behind Dalvin Cook. I think he's very good, but still show me something. And then DeAndre Swift, stay healthy. You know, That's why he's not in good starters. I love the talent, but can't stay healthy. And then I put Jameer Gibbs in here because I'm not going to – I don't – I think Bijan was clearly the best running back in the draft. But I do like Jameer Gibbs. But again, going to have to show me something before I put you in anywhere else. <clears throat> so let's go to good starters. We got quite a few here. I think we got, what, eight? So I went uh, Javante Williams um, again, and I think he's he's talented enough. There's a, a lot of these guys are talented enough to be in the next category of great starters. Uh, can they do it? We'll see. Javante Williams coming off the injury. I got Alvin Kamara again. I think he's just dropped off a little bit. I still think he's, again, a good starter, um, but I think he has dropped off a little bit. J.K. Dobbins, injury concern. Can he be an every down back? I don't know. Cam Akers kind of can get put in the doghouse a little bit, fumbling issues. I got Miles Sanders. Again, came off a really good year last year. Um, I think he's going to shine in Carolina, and I think by the end of the year, he's probably going to be in my great starters. Uh, James Conner, again, big touchdown guy. Pacheco, I like a lot, and Damian Pierce. So for great starters, four of them here. I got Aaron Jones, Joe Mixon, Najee Harris, and Ramondre Stevenson. I love Ramondre Stevenson. I think he has the chance to be – I could have put him on the brink of me, – me saying on the brink is going to be guys that I think are really, really good already and have the chance to become elite. And I think Ramondre could have been there. Uh, Ramondre is a really good running back. Um but yeah, Aaron Jones and Mixon again. I think I don't think they've ever truly, in my opinion, been elite. But they're they're great starters for sure. And Najee, I think a lot of people don't hate on Najee, but I think that if the O line was better, he wouldn't. It would it would look he would look a lot better. So on the brink, guys that I think seriously can be easily easily in the uh, elite category uh, at some point. Um, Bijan Robinson, I think he might be elite already, but I'm, again, I'm not going to put him up in elite because I want to see him play. Tony Pollard. Big thing for Pollard is, for me, the biggest question mark for, for me anyway is I'm not even really concerned about the injury that he had because it's kind of a freak injury. It's not like a reoccurring. It's not like an ACL, stuff like that that can reoccur. But there is a difference from going from 10 anywhere from 8 to 12 touches a game to now probably 18 to any could be up to 25 touches a game. That's a that's a concern. I think he can do it, but we're going we're going to see, but I think he he has he has superstar potential written all over him at running back. Uh Brees Hall again coming off the injury, but I think he he's an animal. Brees Hall is an absolute animal. And then I got Kenneth Walker and ETN. I love both of them. Kenneth obviously dealing with an injury, but 
ETN looked good last year coming off his injury from his rookie year. I love all those guys. And the elite, these guys speak for themselves. CMC, Nick Chubb, Saquon, Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs, Jonathan Taylor, and Austin Eckler. I mean, all those guys are just phenomenal running backs. And, uh, yeah, so that would be my running back tiers. Let's get into quarterback tiers now, huh? We got, um, we'll start off with the bottom with I'm just out. Um, and I know one of these guys is going to shock people, but it is my my tears and it's my opinion. I just, we'll get into it. So again, this is I'm just out. I, uh, I don't love either of these four. Baker, Jimmy G, Tannehill, and Daniel Jones. Yes, I know Daniel Jones might shock some people. Daniel Jones, uh... Had a, in my opinion, played a punched above his weight last year. I don't think he's that a franchise quarterback. I don't think he's a forty million dollar year quarterback like they paid him to be. I think they will regret that, in my honest opinion. And I just don't think he's that good of a quarterback, to be honest. I think he's he, he's mobile and he can run. I don't I don't trust him though. Um, I just really don't see it. I really don't see a franchise quarterback in Daniel Jones at all. So let's go to show me. Uh, these guys, show me, it's pretty self-explanatory here. Jordan Love, Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter. Show me something. Jordan Love taking over Rodgers. Sam Howell came in late last year. Uh, looked good against Cowboys, but, you know, Cowboys weren't playing for anything. And then Desmond Ritter, again, played played some last year. But show me something, you know. Bad years for these three could end up being all replaced, you know. Uh, so my high upside guys, this is where I got my rookies, Bryce Young, Rich, and Stroud. And then I put Kenny Pickett and Trey Lance in here. Uh, you will have 33 quarterbacks. I have Purdy and Lance. Um, but, yeah, I think Pickett and Lance. Lance still has high upside, and I love Kenny Pickett. I think he's going to be a stud franchise quarterback, but I'm going to put him right here at the high upside. Then we're going starters, but. Starters, but some concerns in a way. Um, can you truly win with these guys? Or can they truly become franchise quarterbacks? So we'll start out here with Brock Purdy. Um I think Brock Purdy is probably not a starter on most NFL teams. I think he's in an unbelievable system, but I don't think he's a franchise quarterback at all. Um, Mac Jones. I like Mac, but uh, I don't know if he is a long-term NFL starter. Um, I, you know, He is a starter for now, but I don't know long-term. Gino, I have qu- can he do it again year two? Can he be that good again year two? That's my big question with Gino because it's one good year. Can he do it again? Jared Goff, you know, with Goff, it's it's everything has to go so perfect, in my opinion. I love Jared Goff, and I've been a Goff believer, but, you know, he has to have a great running game. You need to have a defense behind him. That's my big question. I don't think Goff is a guy that can just go get you a game. Russell Wilson, uh, you know, you have to have a starter. You have to put the butt on Russell Wilson, right? Last year was bad, and people can blame it on Nathaniel Hackett and give him 100%. That's soft. That's a cop-out. Russell Wilson deserves some of that blame. If not, if not the most, but at least, at least some, and I would say 50-50. Russell Wilson has to, has to prove that he can still be Russell Wilson. He's got, they got the head coach. We'll see what happens. Derek Carr. Again, I like Derek Carr, um, but we're going to find out if it was, you know, was it playing in Vegas or was, is Derek Carr just a good starter? Uh, Tua uh, had a really good year, but injury concerns, head injuries uh, specifically, and that's not good. Justin Fields. Unbelievably talented and athletic. Can he develop into a really good passer, though? So the next one up, there's three left. This is franchise quarterbacks. Guys that I think are franchise quarterbacks that 
they, you know, there's, in my opinion, you might have some questions about them for sure, but I still think they're some of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. This would be basically ranking eight through one, two, three, eight through 13. Kyler Murray. Um, I think he's still a franchise quarterback. I think the Cardinals have turned into a bit of a shit show, and I think at the end of this year, he will be traded to a different team, and I think a fresh start for him is going to be great, but he is a franchise quarterback. Matthew Stafford. I know the elbow is a concern, but if Matthew Stafford is healthy, still a franchise quarterback. We're only two years removed from a Super Bowl. I still think he's got it, and uh, I think he's going to have a really good year. I think the Rams are going to shock some people. Uh, Kirk Cousins. Again, yeah, you can say what you want about the big-time games and the playoffs and stuff, but Kirk Cousins is a franchise quarterback. Come on. Kirk Cousins is a franchise quarterback, 100%. Deshaun Watson, again, a guy that, you know, still a lot to prove, but I think year two in this offense, I think the Browns are going to shine again. I think people are sleeping on Cleveland. I think they're going to be a really good team. I think they're a playoff team. Dak Prescott, I think he is a franchise quarterback, Um, but the big concerns is the big games. It's kind of like Kirk Cousins. It's the big games. Can Dak get it done when it counts? Lamar Jackson, I don't have him up in the next one in the elite. Um, I, I, you know, I worry about how, you know, not small cause he's, I think he's six two, but he's skinny and he runs a lot. Um, I worry about his ability when he has to throw the ball down the field and go get a team a victory. I worry about that, you know, big playoff games. He hasn't played ultra well in his playoff games. So, you know, I'm concerned about that, but I, he's a franchise quarterback for sure. So the elite got six of them here, Justin Herbert, again, he, I think he, this team is unbelievable and he's unbelievable. Their head coach sucks, but Herbert's an elite quarterback. Um, we'll see if they can figure it out. Again, I just don't like Staley. I got Rodgers in here. Um, love Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I think Rodgers still has it. I think, you know, last year was a down year. I think he's going to have a real bounce back here. And like I said, I think the Jets are definitely Super Bowl contenders and I think they're going to win their division. Then I got Jalen Hurts, easy, obviously coming off an unbelievable season where he single-handedly, you know, almost won the Eagles Super Bowl last year. Um, Jalen Hurts is incredible, and I think he has another unreal year. T-Law, I mean, come on, the legend has already started with that comeback against the Chargers. Josh Allen, Joe Burrow to finish it off, no reason to explain. Josh Allen obviously, you know, cut down on the turnovers, but Josh Allen's elite for sure, and Joe Burrow is, you know, he's Joe Burrow. Uh... And then the last tier is Mahomes. It's called the Mahomes tier. Patrick Mahomes there. No explanation needed, I don't think. So now let's go into NFL team tiers. Um, So we're going to start at the bottom here. Caleb Williams. Teams that I think, as Nick Wright said, a win is a loss. (laughs) A win is a loss. Cardinals and uh, Buccaneers easily. Um, A win is definitely a loss. And I have the Redskins in here. I like Sam Howell. Do I think he's a franchise quarterback? No. Caleb Williams is. Um, I think that Caleb Williams will be. I think that they, you know, again, a lot, a win is a loss for them as well. Um, those teams are my three in the Caleb Williams category as of right now. Probably not good enough. I didn't put the Colts and the Texans in the one below because they don't, I don't think that, you just picked a quarterback at two and four, even if they have a bad rookie year, which it happens a lot in the NFL, 
they're not going to move off them after one year to go get Caleb Williams. And the Texans really have no choice. They traded their pick, uh, you know, to the Cardinals. Cardinals really put in the Caleb Williams put Cardinals times two um, because they have two cra- like they have two chances at uh, getting Caleb Williams. I also have the Falcons in there again, just not sold on Desmond Ritter. Um, but the reason why you'll see more of these NFC teams creeping up higher is because the NFC is so weak, and so I don't know where to put a lot of these teams. That's why it's probably not good enough on the Falcons. They could win their division or make the playoffs because the NFC is not very good. And then I got the Raiders and the Patriots. Don't trust Jimmy G or Mac Jones, especially the team around Mac Jones. Party Crashers. So these are teams that missed the playoffs last year that I don't know if they're good enough to make the playoffs, but I could see them having a really good season and crashing the party. Steelers, I mean, unbelievable head coach, Kenny Pickett. Good good weapons, good defense. O-line hopefully is better. Najee's there. Fryer moves a good tight end. And the rest of the NFC. Packers, Bears in their division. Party crashers. And the Panthers and Rams. Those are my party crashers. Teams that I could just easily see making the playoffs. I'm not I'm not I'm not confident in it, but would it shock me that either any of these teams made it? No, it wouldn't shock me. Especially the NFC teams. True playoff contenders. This is one of the bigger groups. Um, besides, My Super Bowl bubble is actually big this year. I think there's a lot of really good teams going into the league. Only two in the NFC, but five in the AFC. So true playoff contenders. In the NFC, I have the Giants, the Saints, the Lions, the Seahawks, and the Vikings. Like I said, there's going to be a lot of NFC in the true playoff contenders because I don't know, and I just think all these teams could make the playoffs. And I think, you know... Really, if if you went off rankings, I only have one team in the close up in the next tier, and then two in the Super Bowl tier. So really, I could yeah, I could see out of the one, two, three, five teams that are in this for me, I could see four of them making the playoffs, and I think that's why they're all true contenders. In the AFC, I got the I got the Titans and the Broncos. Titans, I put in here. I know it's the AFC because their division's so weak that that could be four guaranteed wins playing the Colts and the Texans, and then if you could split with Jacksonville potentially. Uh, Broncos, I just think they're going to be a lot better this year. I think coaching does matter, especially when you have an elite head coach and versus a bad head coach. I think Nathaniel Hackett's a good coordinator. I don't think he knows how to run a team. Sean Payton knows how to run a team. The Broncos will be better. I think that they will have a chance. I don't have them in the playoffs, but I think they'll have a chance. So here's close-up view of the bubble. Again, the only NFC team in here is the Cowboys. Uh, they're right outside my Super Bowl bubble. Again, it's just the concerns with Dak, but the Cowboys will be very good this year. And then my four AFC teams, Chargers, Ravens, Browns, Dolphins. And I love the Browns. I love, love, love the Browns. Um, right now, my wild card teams, I think, would be Bills. Ooh, this is tough. Oh, my goodness. Bills for sure, just because I don't have them winning their division. And then I think I would go Browns, Chargers. Chargers, Dolphins, a toss-up. I think the Ravens don't perform as good as people think this year. So that's my close-up view of the bubble. Let's get into the Super Bowl bubble. Starting off here, the Bills. I, I don't love the head coach. I, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I don't think McDermott's a great head coach. I really don't. And Josh Allen's turnovers scare me. That's why they're lower on this bubble list. 49ers, again, the quarterback. Can Brock Purdy actually... In the playoffs, it's nice that you have Shanahan to be able to call you unbelievable plays, but 
in the playoffs, you got to be able to just you got to be able to maybe just go win a game. And I don't know if he's that guy. I have the Jets next. I love the Jets. I think there's a chance where they have top five defense, top ten offense this year. I truly do. I really do. Especially if they land Dalvin. Come on. And then I got the Bengals. Again, I love Joe Burrow. Not a fan of Zach Taylor, but I love Joe Burrow. I love Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon. All good players. Third in the Super Bowl bubble, the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is going to be T-Law had his, he started the legend. Like I said, he started that legend. He started his legend last year with that comeback. Year two with Doug Peterson, who I think is an unbelievable head coach and an offensive genius. I think the Jags succeed tremendously, and I think they're going to be very, very good. And I think T-Law, I mean, we're going to get into awards and stuff. My, you know, my final standings and awards at some point, but MVP sleeper Trevor Lawrence. And then the Eagles Chiefs, obviously, to end it. Those are the two. I think, you know, them rematching is very favored. Um, I think that there's a, there is a good chance, unless, you know, injuries happen, that the Chiefs and Eagles could uh, face each other again here in the Super Bowl. So let's do the good fellas. This is the second, this is the new podcast league. Obviously, we have the other one, which I'll announce, you know, we'll announce when that draft happens and stuff, and I'll bring it on. It's, it's the two keeper league. This one's a full redraft. Uh, one quarterback. Two two running backs, two wide receivers, tight end, two flex box, kicker defense, eight on the bench. I we have random already. I do have the number one pick, so I'm going to claim that, and we're going to start this draft um, right now. We're going to do it live here. Yes, so I'm at pick one. I I've wanted to experiment because I'm between Jefferson and McCaffrey for sure. I'm going to go Christian McCaffrey in this one. Um. And just see what my build looks like. You know, if I, if I take McCaffrey one, I would probably try to go hero running back for the first four or five rounds where I might not take another running back um, at all or until round like five or six. So here we go. Garrett Wilson goes with Hurts. There's so many good running backs on the board. Mahomes is still available. Mm, I could go different in this one, though, because we'll we'll, I'll probably have one more mock draft next week. Because I think the draft is the 20th. So I'll probably have one more mock draft. I might go different on this one. I might go I might go zero receiver till round four. I might go three running backs here. It's dangerous, but a lot of receivers went. Usually I can get a Wilson or a uh, Diggs here or even an Adams. I'm going to go Nick Chubb and Derrick Henry. So my team starts off CMC, Chubb, and Henry. So we'll see how this plays out. This is a different this is a different way of draft. I have not done a mock draft and drafted like this one time this year. So we're gonna be taking receivers heavy. Um so on the board for us, I love I love Calvin Ridley. There's still Joe Burrow, Lamb Jack, and Fields, but I'm gonna wait. It is also tight end premium, so Hawkinson could be in play. But I got a double up receiver. I'm gonna go Calvin Ridley. And I'm going to go, oof, this is tough. Kind of between Keenan Allen and Debo. Mm. I don't really want Debo and McCaffrey on the same team. So I'll go with a guy that I that is, is to me always reliable. And like I said, I think their defense or their I think Watson takes a step up. I'm gonna go Amari Cooper. We'll see how this goes. I don't love this start at all. I'm not gonna lie, ladies and gentlemen. Don't love the start of three running backs, Ridley Cooper. But you gotta do what you gotta do. Hopefully some receivers come back to me. Hopefully a lot of teams start taking you know, running backs, I would hope, because they need them. Hopkins goes. Kamara, okay, perfect. Uh, DJ Moore and Jerry Judy are here, two guys I'm super high on. 
Now I'm a little bit feeling a little bit better with getting DJ Moore and Jerry Judy. I'm happy now. Um, I, I, I'm going to wait on quarterback. If I could get a Mahomes in round three, maybe I would do it. I could have done that. But uh, let's see. Does every team – before we pick, let's look. Does every team have their quarterback? So Jalen, he's got team three does, Burrow, Herbert, Fields. Okay, so I would normally probably take Lawrence here, but I'm, I don't think anybody's going to take him to the quarterback. So right here I'm going to go – Again, I don't think I need – I definitely don't need to go uh, uh, quarter running back. I'm set right now. I'm going to actually go with Smith and Jigba, and then I'm going to go with Evan Ingram, who's really high on my tight end board. So that that is the picks there. Where, uh, obviously, I get to pick back-to-back because, you know, with a turn. Um, would have loved Rashad White, but again, with my running backs, I don't need to go crazy on running backs. I definitely will go quarterback here, and I will go Trevor Lawrence um, as my quarterback. Um, Jordan Addison's here, Kadarius Toney, running backs. I'm going to take the gamble. I know I technically don't need another running back right now, but I think, you know, I have five receivers now, I believe. Let's look real quick. One, two, three, four, five. Yep, I do have five. I have my tight end. I have my quarterback. A lot of the Jags offense, which worries me at times. I'm going to go Javante Williams here. I think, you know, he's already on you know, injury wise, he's already on pace, you know, to be back quicker than people thought. But again, we probably won't take another running back, to be honest, until late, because we're so deep now at running back doing the the running back start. I'm going to go, mm, I love Elijah Moore a lot. Man, this is where the backup, I would love to have two really good quarterbacks. I'm going to go, well, here first, I'm going to go Elijah Moore. No, I'm not going to go Elijah Moore because I have Mario Cooper. I'm going to go Michael Thomas, who I think could definitely have a bounce back year. I'm going to go Michael Thomas, and then I'm going to go Dak Prescott as my second quarterback. So I got my quarterbacks. I love having Lawrence and Dak. Um, so we got three picks left until, you know, picking the, def- the defense and kicker. Um, t- I'm probably only going to go one more running back. Kirk Cousins still here, so I probably could have waited and got Kirk Cousins here instead of Dak, so that's good to know, though. I'm going to go Damian Harris as my last running back selection because I do think he, I think there's a chance where he could overtake James Cook, so I like having him. And then another wide receiver. I, I like taking gambles here like I did with Michael Thomas. I'm going to go Odell. You never know uh, with Odell. I think he could hit. Elijah Moore's still here, but I don't want to have Elijah and Amari Cooper on my team, so I'm going to go Odell here. Um, and then we're going to take a tight end and backup tight end in the last round. Uh, I like Kincaid. I like Higby. Gerald Everett's good. Michael Mayer, I think, is going to have a good year. Um, so we'll see what happens here, though. Dolchitz goes. Dalton Kincaid goes. I'm going to go with – I'm going to go Tyler Higby. And then this really doesn't matter, but I'll go Justin Tucker as my kicker because why not? So, again, the team is going to look like Trevor Lawrence, CMC, Nick Chubb, and Derrick Henry, who's going to be in the flex – Calvin Ridley, Cooper as my wide receivers, Evan Ingram, and then DJ Moore. Um, let me just pick my defense real quick. Uh, yeah, just give me mm, give me New England's. New England always. Yeah, it's New England. And off the bench, I think I did get pretty good depth at receiver with Judy Smith and Jigba, Michael Thomas, and Odell. And then my running backs on the bench are Javante and Damian Harris. Dak is my backup quarterback, and Higby is my backup tight end. Not going to lie. After doing that, I would never do that again. I would never go three running backs in the first three rounds. I just don't like it. I should have taken probably Olave or Waddle. 
Um, but man, it just seemed like, damn, CMC, Chubb, and Henry seems nice, but I wouldn't do that again for sure. But yeah, so we've, we finally set on the, uh, the KB, um, the KB and the boys format. So what we're going to do here is for unit sizing. So you're going to have two one unit bets, two two unit bets, and a five unit bet. On the one unit bets, the odds can be a max of minus 125, you know, and then the two unit bets are going to be max of minus 175. And then the five unit, you can go up to minus 250 since you're putting so many units on it. And that's how you calculate the units. Uh, so that's what we're going to be doing. Uh, panel parlay, like I said, will return. Each of us will have a leg in that. But yeah, we'll be back soon. I think we said that I, I've said uh, August 23rd. Nope, that's maps. Sorry, let me look at the calendar. It looks like Wednesday, August 23rd or Thursday, August 24th will be the return of KB and the boys season four. That will be a special uh, futures episode where each of us have five future picks in college football and five future picks in the NFL, and we'll see who does the best out of those future picks. But yeah, uh, there he is for an edited. We'll be back uh, again next next uh, Tuesday um, for episode 103. Thank you guys for listening again. Peace.